Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Morning Sense, your video and audio version of our free daily email newsletter that comes out five days a week. Um, link in the description as always. Uh, but if you prefer our podcast format, you can watch us here on YouTube every single day from Monday through Thursdays. We take Fridays off um, or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, as usual, we usually run you through the business and investing news of the day within about 20 minutes, hang out for about 10 with Q&A and raffle winnings. If we hit over 100 likes on the video, that's usually the uh, the par that we try to shoot for. Uh, if you want to ask Q&A and upvote and downvote, then as usual, just go to and hang out in the Meeting Pulse lobby. Link in the description always and uh, QR code if you want to use your phone. They have a really cool kind of safa- like a app that you can log into on your browser if you just scan that QR code. Uh, so without further ado, the market is taking more of a crash here this morning. The NASDAQ is down almost 2% as we speak, down 1.9%. The S&P is down 1.07%. And the Dow is down o- only half a percent. So it does seem like tech is leading losses. Japan's Nikkei 225 down almost a percent overnight. Uh, UK FTSE 100 is about flat after opening down quite a bit in late day trading. Crude oil flat at 110 a barrel. Gold futures at 1860 per ounce, around the same as what we've been tracking to yesterday. And in bond world, the 10-year note is trading at 2.8 percent. Uh, which is actually interesting because if you go to the three-month chart or the five-day chart, yields have actually come down. But you kind of zoom out here. The 10-year yields peaked at just over 3.1% and have come down. Two-year note, 2.57% as of uh, today. Three-month note at about a percent. So the yield curve is not inverted and uh, things are yields are coming down just a little bit. All right, going to our first story. Davos is happening right now. If you turn on CNBC, you'll see that fears of an economic downturn have largely uh, lately gathered steam. Corporate executives all are at the World Economic Forum. Uh, They struck a mostly gloomy tone to match. There's a cycle of mood. Alex Karp spoke at Davos. Uh, He he did Tai Chi with uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin. He said, you walk around and everything, everyone thinks it's going to be bad, so it's going to be bad. He's not the only one. Uh, CEO of Marriott, Anthony uh, Capuano, said it will be challenging to avoid a recession. The chorus of voices saying we're careening towards a recession are getting louder by the minute. Time will tell, but it certainly seems we're headed in that direction. Others are more sanguine. Uh, I see something mild, said Arvind Krishna, CEO of IBM. A boring, more stable kind of company. So maybe it makes sense that it's coming from him. Um, CEO of medical technology company Hologic, by, uh, named Stephen McMillan, said he's being cautious about major new investments and scrutinizing any additional additional hiring. We've been very disciplined in our capital decisions. HP CEO Antonio Neri says he isn't too worried about the economy this year either for now. So we're kind of in this 50-50. Personally, I do think we go into a recession. But I think it won't be as steep or as long-lived as previous cycles. Um, I would hope so. And I, I do hope that inflation does come to heel. 
initial data, I really hope that demand destruction comes down. But in order to solve it, we really do need to solve the supply chain issues. Going on to our next macro story of the day, Goldman's strategist says stocks will bottom once Fed signals shift. Markets need to see signs inflation has decelerated, something I've been saying for weeks. Stocks will will see more declines before Fed intervention, says B of A. U.S. equities may see more losses before the Fed signals end to monetary tightening, according to Goldman and Bank of America. The Fed has, has offered no help to risk assets and appears far from stepping in. B of A strategists, including ben, Benjamin Bowler, said in a note on Tuesday, adding that market stress indicators, such as credit spreads and liquidity in S&P 500 futures, are now at level C during previous Fed interventions. We believe markets will continue to test the Fed put, but it will take more than more market panic for the Fed to start panicking. Over at Goldman Sachs, Vicky Chang said that the sell-off in equities will reach a bottom once the Fed signals the end of tightening, which may not happen until recession is apparent. It may be necessary for the market to become more confident than it is uh, that financial conditions tightening has been sufficient and the fed has delivered and signaled enough tightening monetary policy has historically stopped tightening about three months before equities bottom and shifted to easing easing about two months afterwards so therefore i think this is an interesting bloomberg um finding a bottom s p 500 peak to trough drawdowns of 15 percent since 1950. so peak to trough we are 34 percent peak to trough on the S&P 500 and the only four ish recessions or drawdowns in the S&P that were steeper were the 0708 crisis, the 2000 tech bubble. So both of them were 57% drawdown and 49% drawdown respectively. And they were really bad, not only in steepness, but in terms of how long it took them to recover. And then 1973 to 1974, which was very, very bad as well, 48%. So other than those three, this is the worst drawdown we've seen. Now, how I'm positioning is that I think that the economy fundamentally is healthier than a liquidity meltdown of the financial system, uh, speculative bubble on zero revenues here, and stagflation. And if we see the market is pricing in right now. Um, oh, sorry. This is the 2020. So 2020 was 34% drawdown. Um, so peak to trough. Uh, let's actually look look at this. 500. Right now, if you go peak to trough on the S&P 500. Okay. So we're still a ways from, from, uh, from, from that. We are actually only 18%. I was misreading that. So 2020 was really bad, but it popped right back because you had the Fed put. Now we're about 18, 19% down on the S&P 500. And so in order to hit, um, kind of continuing on what I was about to say, is the market is pricing in risks that we repeat this 1973, 1974 uh, stagflationary period. So Jeremy Grantham saying that we are, at least, or we are at minimum only halfway through to the bottom makes a lot of sense to me if this happens, if stagflation happens, because fundamentally we do have a strong economy. We do have a strong labor market. So the question is, is inflation going to turn over? If inflation turns over and the, and the Fed can signal a, um, 
an end to quantitative tightening, then I think we're out of the woods here and we'll have a drawdown less than the 1970s, 19, you know, in the 1970s. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. And the target allocation for me in a static portfolio is actually about 50, 50 and, um, yeah, 50, 50. So I would like to be 50% in cash here in the big board. We are about 40% in cash on a long only portfolio. All right. But we look long-term, we charge ahead. This is when millionaires are made is buying low, selling high. Remember when things are low, everybody is gloomy. And so things can get gloomier. That's we're asking how much gloomier can things be? We do not want to time the bottom. In fact, the safer uh, option, in my opinion, is to wait until we're a little bit out of the woods and maybe stocks pop 30%. You're like, oh, I could have, I could have uh, caught the bottom. But from there on on, you're kind of like out of the woods and you can just select really good stocks from there. So if you, if you are the most conservative bent, it may not, you may want to wait in cash or in anti-inflationary types of assets and wait until we turn the corner, but you won't know. You just kind of never know during the time frame. So all eyes on inflationary data. All right, here's the next story. And it's very in keeping with what I just said. There's a rush for cash on Wall Street. Uh, one piece of evidence is the market's embrace of dividend paying companies over firms that do buybacks. Cash is king right now. People want more cash. The latest evidence is that you know markets, uh, dividend paying stocks are outperforming buyback stocks. They're rushing to companies with regular payouts turning to companies like AT&T, Altria Group, um, all these kind of cash uh, cash king kinds of companies. Very boring in the long term, but the cash cows have been outperforming and people have been pouring their money into these cash cows ETF where you've held your own versus the S&P 500. You're down almost 20% here looking at the chart. All right, going to coin market cap in the crypto world. You have Bitcoin trading down about 4% over the, overnight, trading at $29,250 per Bitcoin. ETH under 2,000, it's trading at 1960 per ETH. BNB at $321, XRP at 40 cents, Cardano at 51 cents, Solana at $49, Dogecoin at 8.3 cents, Polkadot at $9.80. And those are the ones that we follow. First crypto story. Crypto shows all the signs of financial stability risk, ECB says. The ECB, we've been following it. The ECB is just a bunch of anti-crypto folks. It seems like from these headlines, maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Um, thank you to the 211 people here in the chat. And don't forget to like the video for the algorithm. Appreciate you all. Thank you for starting your financial day out with us. And uh, yeah, so the dramatic Increase in the size and complexity of crypto markets means the sector is on track to becoming a risk for financial stability that must be urge, urgently be re regulated, said the ECB. And uh, President Christine Lagarde said last week that in her view, crypto is worth nothing. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, crypto regu uh, European regulators, I, I feel like, are a little bit behind the times here. But again, maybe they're worth zero. But my bets on at least Bitcoin not being worth zero. I've never owned a stable coin, by the way, because I've never really needed to. I just own US dollars if I need stable coin. 
And uh, in case you were wondering. Interestingly enough, can you ban Bitcoin? Well, the Fed survey here is out and says that 12% of U.S. adults held crypto in 2021. 12% is a lot of Americans. Uh, they took an annual survey of 11,000 people for the first time this year and included questions on crypto ownership and adoption. It's the latest sign of the U.S. central bank's growing interest in understanding how the booming crypto economy is and isn't mixing into the picture. Um, you know, the data collected indicated that co American consumers have little interest in crypto as a currency. They're by and large investors, not transactors. And only 3% of respondents said they either paid in or sent crypto in the previous year. By contrast, 11% had held crypto as an investment. Therefore, my thesis never really relies on us using it to buy coffees. My thesis is very much on more like blockchain, kind of Web3, decentralized ledger types of stuff and or Bitcoin is king. Um, Bitcoin being the digital equivalent of kind of gold and large sum transfers. Um, so, but again, Bitcoin has never been something to go all in on. A lot of folks think 5% allocation. That's something I've heard from the Bitcoin allocators out there. All right, before we dive into our company specific news, let's check in on the markets yet again. Let's go to Wall Street Journal for the up-to-date data. And the market looks even worse. The NASDAQ continues to fall down 2.3% and is trading at $11,260. The S&P is down 1.3% and trading at $39.22. So the market continues to fall and do poorly. This is why we have a lot of cash. Keep dry powder into the coming recession. Things can get just as bad. And pulling up the valuations from Yardeni, what I mean by that is things can get... So this was updated on my birthday yesterday. Thank you for the birthday wishes, everyone, by the way. I appreciate all those comments. Look at this. Mid-caps are approaching their lowest valuations since the the bottom of the 2020 COVID scare and oh, the 08 crisis, but it could still come down another 30%. And small caps are nearing their bottoms and can come down another 20%, but they are approaching very, very low valuations. But what I will say is price earnings ratios on the large S&P 500 large cap stocks can still come down quite a bit, another 40% before hitting bottoms that they hit in 2008. So that's where I see it. I see where we're going to be focusing on are uh, small and mid caps that are just kind of hitting their mattress floors where the valuations are just great to own through cycle and we just don't even need to worry about it and if they get even cheaper then the company might buy back stock and spit out cash etc so cool let's move on to our first news story of the day for business snapchat also called snap plunges 30 percent after ceo warns company will miss revenues and earnings estimates and slow hiring uh, they warned in an 8k sharing that the macro environment has deteriorated further and faster than we anticipated when we issued our quarterly guidance. I think usage is down. Daily active users are probably down with Snapchat with the reopening and et cetera. But also like Snapchat isn't a great 
isn't the perfect advertising platform. And we dedicated a full segment on this to Money Talks, which by the way, for this week, um, just because the first one was, uh, we will be testing Money Talks on actually Tom's channel. So go to Tom Nash's channel um, to check it out. If it hasn't already dropped, if Tom hasn't already uh, published it, then you'll be able to see it pretty soon here. Um, So let's check in on Snapstock. So this is, a, oh, wow. Snapchat is down 39% as we speak. Um, just crashing. $13. This is a company that I said to short when it was in the mid-20s and back when they IPO'd. Grace wants to say something. I feel bad because my dad like always asks me, like, do you guys still use Snapchat? And I was like, yeah, we use it all the time. So we, I think he bought a bunch of it. Oh no, Grace's dad lost a lot of money. You should have, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know that this is why social media companies are really hard because a lot of people used it in 2021, right? During the pandemic. And do you, do you find yourself using it less and less? Yeah. Just cause I use TikTok way more. Yeah. So we talked a lot about that in money talks. So go check that out. Um, man. Yeah. I just wouldn't touch. I haven't never would touch Snapchat with a 10 foot pole. It's been a short for me boy back here. And then I kind of forgot about Snapchat and whatever, but let's look at what is happening with Facebook down 10% today on that news. And what's another social media company, Twitter stock down two and a half percent, but there's kind of an arbitrage play there (laughs) and uh yes indeed what's google doing google stock google stock is down six percent today on news that um that there is a bipartisan proposal an act that are that might force google to break up its ad business they don't like how google participates as both a buyer and a seller of advertising on their platform. Uh, I don't think it's a complete bust here. I actually think that Google now is trading at such low valuations. If you look here, um, maybe refresh the screen on Google and Okay, Razvan uh, in the chat is saying Pinterest is down 22%. Social media is getting hammered on this news. Uh, Google is trading at nine and a half times forward EV to EBITDA. We're approaching mattress levels here on Google. So in my opinion, I don't think a breakup will be, uh, will kill the company. I think what usually happens is there's some sort of compromise a la Microsoft and Internet Explorer. So we're starting to get into buying opportunity here on Google, I think. But yeah, anyway, read this. We dedicated a whole segment on this for Money Talks as well. Zoom popped 6% on first quarter earnings beat and strong guidance. Zoom narrowly beat on the top line, but sailed past estimates for earnings while also get it giving a better than expected outlook for the second quarter. Um, so it seems like they're kind of, uh, their er, their growth is what people are expected, expected but uh, they're managing the company pretty well and uh, managing their costs. Prior to Monday's earnings report, Zoom shares had lost 85% of their value since peaking in October 2020. The, the company reported five straight quarters of triple-digit revenue growth during the pandemic, but expansion is now more challenging. 
EPS is $1.03 per share. So they are profitable uh, versus 87 cents per share expected by analysts, but they basically met expectations on revenue. Let's take a quick look at Zoom. So Zoom, as we speak, oh, well, Zoom popped before earnings and Zoom is now flat for the day on a bad day for the NASDAQ, trading at $90 a share. But if you had invested in Zoom, peak to trough, you would have lost over four fifths of your money down 84% peak to trough. And so you look at Zoom communications. Zoom is trading at a $27.5 billion enterprise value at 90 bucks a share, which is about five and a half times sales, 16 and a half to 17 times EVD EBITDA, five to 6% free cash flow yield, growing in the 10% region. So Google is growing faster bigger moat, 60% of the valuation, 40% cheaper. I'd rather own a Google than Zoom. I think there are too many questions out there with Zoom in terms of competition, et cetera. Even Slack had to sell to Salesforce. Just remember that. Last story. Actually, no, we have plenty of stories left. Amazon plans to sublet warehouse space to reduce excess capacity. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. I think that might be a great idea given what they did. They overbuilt capacity on server capacity way back in the day and they rented that crap out. And now we call that AWS and cloud computing. They've built an incredible warehousing and logistics infrastructure. If they rent that out, they essentially become like logistics as a service. I think that could work out really well. Amazon.com is attempting to shed some warehouse space following a slowdown in the company has experienced in its e-commerce operations. The on online retail giant is seeking to sublease a minimum of 10 million square feet of warehouse space and is also exploring options to end or renegotiate leases with outside warehouse owners, according to people familiar with the matter. Uh, what's, this is less of a position of power as the start of AWS because uh, they overbuilt their capacity and e-commerce has pulled back after the pandemic and they are built out in cost structure to basically the pandemic. So to me, I think, you know, Royal members know I probably prefer Microsoft and Google over Amazon at this point, because there is a bit of a turnaround thing. I don't think Amazon's like a sell, but I think it's a, a much weaker compounder, forget about it by than it was maybe two years ago. Um, so that's that Airbnb China closes domestic unit to cut costs as it bets on border reopening. Airbnb will terminate its domestic business in China, marking the partial retreat of another Western tech giant from the country. Like most of its peers, the home sharing Titan is shifting its focus to China's outbound business, not its inbound business. I feel like um, from what I've read and heard on CNBC, that is very, uh, when they entered China, they had a lot of high hopes, but uh, people from outside China visiting China, especially in zero COVID, uh, very minimal and it might be just tough to manage the Chinese nuances and the regulations over there. So um, China's tourism is disrupted by intermittent lockdown since 2020 with no end in sight. So probably makes good business sense for them to pull out and just focus on Chinese customers that are visiting like Europe or, um, or, Amer or with Western countries or other countries. 
All right, let's look at stocks making big moves. Best Best Buy jumped 5.1%, 5.2% in pre-market. Here in the market it is up almost 4% on reporting a mixed quarter. So sky not falling down from Best Buy is good news. AutoZone earned 29 cents per share for its fiscal third quarter beating consensus estimates. Might be interesting in a recession, people repair their cars rather than buying new ones. Abercrombie and Fitch plunged 18% in pre-market. Let's look at the stock right now. Um, they are plunging, wow, 27% in a weak market, trading at $19.43. Um, pretty bad. After they reported an unexpected quarterly loss, Snapchat, we talked about Petco, jumped 5.5% after they beat VMware being bought by Broadcom, so there's a thing there. Advanced Auto Parts sank 4% in pre-AP stock. Um, it's down about 2% after they slightly, ever so slightly missed estimates. So that's cool. Um, let me just pull something up real quick. Let's see, for, this is from Ken. Uh, companies that report earnings after today's close are Starbulk, Nordstrom, Intuit, and Toll Brothers. And companies that report tomorrow before the open are Dick's Sporting Goods and Express. And so everything's getting hammered. Um, let's go to Finviz before we dive into um, our Raffles and Q&As. Hello, Zaid. How are you? Um, good morning. Good morning, everyone here in the chat. Thank you for being here. We hit 100 likes, so I'm going to give away a $25 raffle today. All right, everything's getting hit. Google down 6%, Facebook down 9%, Amazon down 3%, Tesla down 4%, Apple down 1%, Microsoft down 0.9%. Microsoft might be my favorite large cap stock in the universe here. Um, oil about flat, banks mixed, JP Morgan up over a percent, but everything's down about a percent today, um, except for tech. Tesla down with other growth stocks. Tesla down 5.5% as we talk, still sinking down to $640. I haven't bought more yet. I want more cash. I'm trying to scramble for cash. I think we might have more pain ahead of us. Therefore, I like Tesla at these levels, but again, I think things get worse before they get better. Let's dive into our meeting pulse. Um, okay, so I'm going to pick the first raffle winner since we've hit 100 likes. Picking the raffle. If we hit 200 likes, we'll give away more. While we wait for the winner uh, to put in their information, the most upvoted question was, how was your birthday? Well, it was quite nice, a little bit relaxing. I basically worked all day and all most of the night, but I was able to get away and play. Um, I have this small um, executive golf course near me. So I was able to step out for an hour and play. It took me about an hour and then, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun, but those small executive ones aren't, aren't like real golf. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is a Monday. So usually my, my birthday falls like midweek before the, 
uh, like the holiday weekend. So this weekend here in the United States is Memorial Day weekend. So I'll probably have more fun this weekend uh, because it's a three-day weekend. Did you have any birthday cake? I did have birthday cake. What kind? Uh, ice cream cake, Carvel. Ooh, I'm not a big like cake fan. I'm not a big sweet tooth, but like my favorite type of cake is like an ice cream cake. I don't know. Did you make a birthday wish? Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> if, even if I did, I'm not allowed to tell you, Grace. Those are secret. For the stock market to be green. Yeah. All right. I'm starting the raffle now. The winner should have a pop-up. Please put in your information so we can give away some money. 25 bucks, as always. Thank you to the 300 people here live with us. Zaid is saying in the chat, uh, I'm stacking cash as well. Three Pharaohs Towers is asking, why is Disney down? Let's look up Diz. Down 3.8%. Seeming to me that um, it's just down with the market. Plus, people are worried about Disney Plus. People are worried about Disney Parks in a recession. People don't usually spend $250 for a day at Disneyland in a recession when they feel like they don't have no more money. No more money. All right, let's uh, AMD versus NVIDIA evaluation. That's a good uh, question from Poetic Styles in the chat. Let's take a quick look at valuations here. AMD at $90, trading at $141.5 billion enterprise value, trading at about 15 times EV to EBITDA with expected growth, but um, there is concerns about growth slowing, starting to get actually pretty reasonable, pretty darn reasonable. The question is cash versus stocks. I mean, yeah, can they keep comping really great growth? AMD's really firing on, like doing really well. And then let's look at Nvidia. NVIDIA is trading for about 20 times forward EVD, but three to 4% free cash flow yield, 10 times sales. Um, but I sales multiple doesn't matter here. I complete, I, yeah, I focus on profits here and, uh, yeah, starting to get reasonable, but still, uh, justifiably a premium to the whole market price earnings at 25 times PE. Um, cool. Let's, Advertisers getting crushed from Crypto Curious. Interesting. Um, let's look at the next Q&A. Thoughts on Google now versus DCA versus soon. I think we're at soon mode. But the question is with what? Is it with cash? Because I'm still not at the cash level I want to be. I want to be at 50% or more. So for me, I'm still a little bit stuck in portfolio management on selling things to get to 50% on strength. That's rare these days is on strength. <laughs> it's very rare to get a good day these days, but on strength, you'll see me just, just selling stock just to get to that 50% and take a little breather. And then it's a market driven. It's a macro driven market right now, not a stock driven market. So uh, let's see if we have a raffle winner. J J W J you won $25 today. Thank you so much. And, um, Poetic Styles is asking, do you think Crypto Winter will hurt AMD and NVIDIA? So we actually did a deep dive. Uh, our crypto, dedicated crypto analyst at ROI Club uh, did a dedicated deep dive on that. So go watch that. Go to the uh, ROIC portal to the investor's workbook. And you can go to like NVIDIA or AMD. And we have these like, uh, we clipped out the recordings of that discussion. But in general, yes, they sell. We don't know how much, but they sell a lot of uh, chips for the end markets of crypto mining. Do you think it's a good time to increase the 401k contribute contribution during a recession? Yes. 
but we're not in a recession yet. We're still coming down in anticipation of a recession. How deep the recession, how long the recession is going to be, who knows? Uh, hey, Justin, could you give your thoughts on Disney's valuation at these levels? Let's look at Disney real quick. So Disney is trading at $237 billion valuation, trading at about 14 times estimated forward EBITDA, not a ton of free cash flow yield, price to earnings. It's about 21 times PE. It's kind of like fairly valued, but I can't really underwrite the secular trends like parks, how much people are going to spend at parks and how much people are going to, how much growth you're going to see out of Disney plus and movies and all this other stuff. So I don't like to invest in something that I just, I can't underwrite the underlying trends. The valuation seems fair in line with a mega cap company in line with how the market is trading, which is like absolute dog crap. So with that, thank you so much for everyone who joined us live. And for those of you listening to the replays, I will see you first thing tomorrow, as usual, on Wednesday here on this channel. You can find us on all podcasts. Don't forget to like the video or leave us a review on the podcasting platforms. And we got a lot of cool stuff in the works. And yeah, anyway, I love, I love starting my day out with you all. And I will see you tomorrow. Happy investing.